Welcome to the Around the Campfire podcast, episode two. We are live here. Not live. This is pre-recorded, um, but that's okay. Um, we are here, and we are excited um, to be recording our second episode. If you didn't listen to last week's and you're here, welcome. If you did listen to last week's and you're here, we know because you texted us spaghetti. Yeah, and I can't believe it. You're back for another episode, so. I must be doing something right. <laughs> ah, no, no, we must be doing right. something right. Um, but, yeah, so we're going to get uh, started here tonight. Tonight we're going to be talking about um, various things, some some trip planning stuff, some some things along those lines, kind of update on that. Yeah, but, but before we start, I okay. actually brought some fun stuff. Uh, so. I've noticed sitting over there yeah. on the desk. It's yeah. Uh, yeah. And what would you what would you describe this as? Well, it's it's um, shaped like a like a sports ball. <laughs> um, it has wrinkles um, that I don't really know how to describe. It's got a reddish, tannish tint to it. Um, some sort of fruit. I, yeah. That's about. That's yeah. about all I got. Yeah. So I was um, I was walking um, through Horrocks. Okay. Um, which is like a market store kind of thing. I just moved there, um, and I am literally a twenty second drive away. So I was walking through there today on my lunch break, um, and I saw these things, and I said, "Hey, you know what? This would be kind of fun to take mm. to Seth to try." So this is a lychee fruit. A lychee. Yeah. Okay. Um, I like how you said sports ball. Yeah. Because it does not we it kind of looks like a walnut yeah a little bit um and so uh we have a lychee fruit to try uh and then i just brought some some bubbly sparkling water um because i've noticed some people trying to drink it online without burping and so i was gonna see uh who could do it best all right so i'm gonna peel yeah you you peel that's interesting (laughs) um if you've ever seen land of the lost with will ferrell and there's a scene where they're by the pool and they're eating this fruit so and they they get high because it's a narcotic and they but they don't know that that's what this fruit reminds me of yeah now i've been informed it is not a narcotic which is good yeah it it's um hmm. the the meat inside looks strange it looks if you've ever held a heart <laughs> it for does. all our hunters out there it kind of resembles like heart tissue yeah, so um, we're gonna try that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut and, into uh, that. Thing. I just thought it'd be kind of fun, and then it, and then we'll dive into the meat, right, of right. the episode. It it looks different than <laughs> I thought it was gonna look. I gotta be honest. All right, give me a piece of this. No, you eat the, you're gonna eat the whole thing. I mean, the whole thing. Yeah, you taking the pit out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He go. He goes. There's a hard thing in the middle. You can't eat. No, I no, say, no. I didn't pit? say that. Google said. Google said there was an um, inedible. Inedible. Rock. Rock. You said rock. Yeah, that's, well, that's what like, Google said. I mean a pit? Like a peach pit? Cherry pit? You uh, this are is... manhandling that fruit <laughs> that I'm about to eat. I am not. This is, I'm really glad you brought a cutting board. Uh, okay. Here you go, man. Yeah. I have no idea if this is tart, if this is sweet, what the texture is going to be, but here we go. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> you really just went for it there. Texture is weird. <laughs> Texture is. What does it taste like, though? 
I don't even know. I'm trying to put it into words. Well, it's a podcast. All we have is words. All we have is words, yeah. Um, it tastes almost like, like texture-wise, like an orange to me. Okay. Like it has like that, like if an orange didn't have all the like wrinkly like pockets, you know what I'm talking about? On yeah. An orange. I've if it didn't have either, that, so. it that's kind of what the texture is like to me. But the flavor isn't. It's like um, it's very. It's like a, a dull sweet. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's not. It's not tart, and it's not like. It's not like a raspberry. Not you're at just, all. Yeah. No. It's more blueberry esque in terms of like how the flavor doesn't like pop, but it it tastes not bad. I mean, blueberries are good. Yeah. Interesting. You said these are from like China. Mm-hmm. Chinese. Yeah, the lychee fruit. I've always had lychee fruit like. Like it's in a drink or something. Okay. I could see that being good. I think if you met, yeah, we didn't plan ahead. They're juicy. They're juicy. Yeah, we don't they're, have they're any very napkins. Juicy. And luckily uh, I didn't peel mine because otherwise I'd also be covered in sticky goo as Devin frantically looks around where he can rub his hands. There's toilet paper over there. Can you grab that? Yeah. Um, if you had to give lychee fruit a rating out of 10 now, hmm. I don't know. Um if we were supposed to keep those cool or if room temperature was okay, and I don't know if they were 100% ripe. I was but... I was going to say, I feel like if they were cold, I would enjoy it a whole lot more. Yeah. Also, the work that I saw you put into it, I'm going to try not to take that into account because I like, to me, fruit, the easier it is, right. the better it is, like watermelon. If it's Watermel- cut, Watermelon if it... is not easy to get into. I'm thinking well, no, that's what I'm saying. If it's cut up and cubed for me, great. Oh. If okay. if I'm looking at a, wall, a full watermelon in the fridge, I mean it's gonna sit there forever because I'm not I'm not cutting into that. That's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would like it chilled. Um, but I'm gonna go with a uh, a four point three. Now, oh. uh, well, out of ten. Okay. But that's not a bad rating. Like five is average. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, it's not like say, it's a failing grade. Yeah, I would say uh, slightly higher. Uh, I'd say like maybe four point eight. Okay. So not much higher. Yeah. Would eat again though. Would eat again. My favorite fruit. Um, people say mango. I was raised in a Cuban household. Spanish. I say mango. Um, but um, mango is my favorite fruit, and will it forever be my favorite fruit. And oddly enough, you put a lot of work into it to get the meat. But um, I put that at like a nine ten. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, lychee, you got a ways to go. Yeah. But I well, maybe will we'll try, try it chilled. Yeah. For sure. Nice. Anyway. Um, well, if I ever encounter those, if I'm ever on a trip in China. You'll know what And I is. see these little walnut-shaped They things. look like dragon eggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you told, if you brought those in and said, my friend got some hand, his hands on some dragon eggs, I'd believe you. Yeah, for sure. 100%. For sure. Anyway, thanks yeah. for bearing <clears throat> with us through that. Yeah. Um, I think um, I started a trend for this, and I'm going to find stuff at Horrocks Market and um, – I'm just gonna I'm just gonna bring it to you. Well, I love And then food, we're gonna see so how it goes. That's that's totally on board. Oh, you're just gonna sit there and oh, stare yeah, at yeah. me. Okay. <laughs> well, uh we're gonna get back to it here. Um I think my audio is messed up a little there, but uh it's looking better now, so anyway, we're gonna get back onto the podcast here in just a little bit. I think um 
Seth and I will talk about his trip to Boundary Water, Boundary Waters, um, and kind of the planning that went into that. Yep. Um, you leave in how many days? Uh, three days. Oh, yes. Oh, wow. I leave okay. in three days. Three days. So as as uh, you're listening to this, I'm already back, but right. I leave in three days. So this week has kind of been the the main planning week, kind right. of getting before, everything. Before together. we dive into what you did to plan for that, because you're only three days away, what are you most looking forward to here? A few things. I am looking forward to solitude, just getting away. Um, having the phone turned off, having the phone turned off and, um, you know, no, no service, no texts, no work calls, no, none of that. I'm really looking forward to that. I'm, I'm so pumped. And then secondly, um, just to be in a new place that I haven't been to before. Um, I've been in similar, you know, geographies and stuff. But I've never been to the Boundary Waters. I've never been on a canoe trip. So a lot of this is brand new. It'll be a lot of learning, a lot of, you know, figuring it out as we go. And I'm stoked for that. That's one of my favorite parts. Yeah, so. I mean, I am stoked for you to come back. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm stoked for you to uh, share all the stories um, with us. Um, yeah. One last question before we <clears throat> kind of dive into some stuff there, too. What animal are you most pumped about seeing? Like what animal are you just like, I hope I run into this. Yeah, there are so Boundary Waters has like moose, wolves, loons, deer, you know, your common Midwest animals. It's probably mosquitoes, right? A lot of mosquitoes. Yeah, you're pretty um, pumped about that. I got a thermocell today, a new one that I am stoked to try out. I don't know if you've ever heard of those. I have not. That's why I'm looking at you the way I yeah. am. So it's like this thing that screws onto my fuel canister that I use to cook. And you put this little, like, blue pad on it, and it emits a scent that creates, like, a 15-foot really? radius. So it's like an ultra-citronella ca- candle. Yeah, it's not citronella, but it, that's, like, similar to, like, a citronella candle. That's, like, the effect it gives. But it's super light. It's super cool. Just got it in the mail literally a few hours ago, and I cannot wait. Wow, try I am it. actually surprised I'll, you didn't show it to me when I, I got here. Yeah, maybe I'll have to pull it out after this episode. But I will report back yeah. how it works next week again rating out of 10 right rating comprehensive out of 10. review yeah you will hear it next week honestly mosquito repellents on a trip can make or break a trip like well yeah you talked about the last the oh, little yeah. overnighter oh, yeah. you had last week yeah and how that was just terrible you didn't get any sleep yeah and i will this is a, a six-day trip that will not be me so so what you're saying is more planning went into this trip a little bit, yeah. Um, and by a little bit, I mean hours and hours more. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So, so again, like what animal are, yeah. we, are we looking forward um, to? Like, I would love to hear wolves at night. I think that'd be so cool to like sit in my tent and hear wolves howling. A moose is always cool to see, but I don't have expectations for that. I am really excited to see loons, though, because I guess they're in abundance up there. Like, they're on every lake. Really? And they're a cool animal that you don't see super often. And so it's just kind of a unique unique thing that I would love to I'd love to see. So wolves howling, howling, and then hopefully a couple loons, maybe so, a moose. So, so what you're saying is you do not want to see wolves. You just want to hear them. Well, I have, I think 
fair expectations knowing that I will not see a wolf. A wolf might see me, but I think the chances of me seeing a wolf are You know what I was I was actually I was surprised uh Steve Rennell on the Mediator podcast, they were talking about wolf attacks slash deaths per year. It is astronomically low. Oh yeah. You have a you have a higher chance, at least in Michigan, um, which has wolves, higher chance of being like attacked and killed by a domestic dog, like significantly higher. Yeah. Than a, there's actually I think zero we... recorded deaths in Michigan from wolves. Yeah, but like even even the the USA and Europe, I think it was like twelve yeah. cases of attacks. Not right. even all were deaths. Yeah. Over I, I forget the time the time span. Uh, Craig, uh, if you wanna if you wanna pull that up, that'd be great. But. That's, in, yeah. that's insane. You would think like this massive dog, canine, right. not dog, sorry, this massive canid is just this ravaging killer, and it's not. No. It I mean, just, they it, are if you're a white-tailed deer. Well, yes. But luckily. You're not. I'm not. You're a man with opposable thumbs. <laughs> right, which probably less capable than a deer yeah. in defending myself, but they I, they must just not know that, I guess. Yeah. You know, something I've noticed, too, that every time we've gotten together, um, we've talked about animals that we yeah. can fight. Yeah. No, I probably have an overconfidence in that that <laughs> like realm. That like the campfire, the original bachelor party campfire. Yep. That's what we talked about. Oh yeah. And then it got brought up again during the wedding. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's. And then it just feels it right. Just, it does. It just feels right. I'm not saying I want to fight an animal. No. But. And I hope I never. I'm never put in that situation. Me neither. But if I am. I'm winning every fight. I and I'll and I'll probably daydream about it as I'm paddling through these beautiful lakes and I'm looking over there. I'm I'm probably gonna play out scenarios of like, what if I roll up there and there's a a black bear waiting for me, you know, and it ambushes me. What's my move? What's yeah, my there's play? no blob, what, what are you I gonna doing? do? Right. And you know, I'm gonna play out that fantasy and you better believe I'm gonna have a plan. I mean probably not an effective one, but I'll have a plan. I, here's what you're probably doing. You're just eye you're just staring eye to eye with that that bear for maybe upwards of an hour yeah. as you're crossing this like never breaking <coughs> eye contact oh yeah yep that's what you just you, you're not going to back down you no. got to show that you that bear it. you're the alpha right yep no exactly actually kind of speaking about bears and animals and planning um i called our outfitter this yes. week and was asking because their all the recommendations are like you gotta have a bear barrel which is essentially like this like barrel you seal your food in that like no smells get out of and bears can't get into or a bear bag or you have to do a bear hang where you hang your a dry sack right in a the, tree yep. has to be like 12 feet off the ground and six feet from a limb and all this stuff and i kind of asked because i was like how serious are this like is the area we're going known for bears have we had bear attacks this year like you know kind of just because i've backpacked in colorado and i've backpacked in michigan and and where they're like I've seen bears, and I we do no, did no like anything for them. Like we didn't hang our food. Even in Colorado. Nope. Oh man. We didn't put it in bear bags. We didn't do it in bear barrels, and we've never had an issue. And so I and I I just don't like I have a healthy fear of bears, but I don't like worry about them coming into my camp. And so I asked, and she was like, "Oh well, no, typically not a concern, but they just." instated a new rule because i guess it's really dry up there they got fires and all this but the bears are also hungry because there's it's dry and she said there's a five thousand dollar fine if you get caught not practicing like bear safety food handling i mean that's and a pretty good yeah 
reason so, to. I was like, I guess I'll be doing bear hangs and yeah. or not hanging the bear, but bear, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. food I, hangs. We did it when we were out in, <clears throat> in Colorado just as precaution. Um, it's not that hard. No. You throw not. a stake down, yeah. you pulley system, you hoist it up. Right. Yeah. No, I'm. It, it'll be fine. But I just like typically we just, you know. We keep cl- camp clean and, and don't worry about it. But I guess right. this trip, uh, we will be, we'll be going through all of it. We'll be doing it all. So, I mean, yeah. that's that's good though, because bears are are no joke. Right. So, did you get uh, a a barrel, or are you doing like a dry sack hang? No, I got a um, osprey pack liner. Also, kind of dual purpose. One, it's a canoe trip, and I don't want all my stuff to get wet. So. You like stick it into your backpack and then as a roll top that's waterproof. Right, a dry so, sack. Right. Yeah, but it's just huge. So that's gonna be great because one, if my we flip our boat, my stuff will be dry. But two, we'll just shove all the meals in there, roll it up, fairly concealed, and then we we'll hang it from a tree and it'll be it'll be all good. Why so, did you choose that route over over the others? <clears throat> um, I don't like bear canisters because they're big and bulky and they take up your whole bag. Plus you have to fit all your food in it and I just, I, you know, not my thing. Yeah, no, I'm 100% with you. I just, I yeah. want to hear your thought yep. process. And then bear bags, um, honestly, I just didn't put any thought into it. I just thought bear hang will be the, like bear bag hang will be the easiest. Right. So that's that's kind of why I went that route. I have been in places that you have to use a bear barrel or canister. They won't let you just hang it because the bears are creative. Uh, the place I'm thinking of is Adirondacks. They've had an issue with the bears and stuff and getting into food. And then once they, you know, the saying, a fed bear is a dead bear. Right. Because these bears, like, got into human food and then realized. And they even had it so bad that you had to use a certain canister because they had figured out how to open up, like, a different kind, like a lesser canister. So people show up with these. And that's what we did. And they're like, oh, no, no, that won't cut it. And we're like, it's a bear canister. And they're like, no, you got to have this one. You gotta have the black one that like seals this way, and we're like, "Are you serious?" He's like, "Oh yeah, these bears are smart. Like, not your that's average incredible. bear." Yeah. So, but <clears throat> that's also like thinking about planning trips. If you're going to a new area that you've never been, and you're not using an outfitter to call to the ranger station or whatever governing body, you know, usually they have an office. Um, wherever you get your permit typically can point you in the right direction and asking about these types of things. Um, because if you, you know, you show up somewhere and you're not prepared, they might turn you away or give you a permit. And like this, if we wouldn't have known this and they didn't share it with us and we got out there and we're, you know, camping That's along. That's a steep fine. Oh yeah. $5,000. And like, it's, it's on you for not knowing the rules. It's right. not on. Right. You know, right. It's so, you got to do your own due diligence. Right. What um what outfitter did what outfitter did you go? Um Iwi Outfitting Company. Iwi? So Iwi, that's the name of the E L Y. It's the name of the like main town. E L Y. E L Y. You sure it's not <clears throat> Eli? No, it's not. It's it, well, <laughs> I kind of just say it fast and mumble through it, but it's not Ellie or Eli. It's like Iwi. Like, Iwi. Iwi. Or, and and if you're from there. Call in. Let us know. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe I'll come back with – that'll be another thing I'll update you guys on is yeah. how they pronounce it, but I just try to say it fast so I don't look dumb. Cool. And I know you mentioned you had some trouble because of the fires. Yeah. Um, what's that look like now? Th- that was the other thing, the nice thing about using an outfitter. And 
we're self-guiding. We're just renting our gear from them. So they booked our permits and they're like letting us use their gear. Well, we're paying for it, but um, they hooked us up with a backup route. So I called them as soon as I got the email and I said, our route's been, you know, closed. What are we going to do? And she was like, this side's still open. I think this is your best shot at it not getting closed because of, you know, there's some natural landmarks there. So she booked that permit for us as a backup. So that way we had two options. And then just yesterday, our original permit got canceled just automatically right. because of the fires and stuff. So um, we still have a route. We still have an option. Whereas, you know, if if we wouldn't have known or been prepared, that would have sucked. A week before your trip, it's Bye. canceled. Um, are you taking any precautions um, for the fires? Are you taking any masks or rebreathers or anything like that? No. Um, so I actually just had a friend who went up there, um, and she kind of reported back and said a lot of it depends on what direction the wind's blowing. If we have a northern wind, it's really bad because the fires are in Canada. If you have a southern wind, it's much better, it's clear, and, and you'll have no issues. Okay. They did say, like, if you have asthma or any, like, pre-existing lung issues to, you know, bring your inhaler, like, maybe take some caution. But they said for healthy, able-bodied people, you should be all set. No nice. worries. Yeah. Good. And, and I asked too, I was like, do I need to take a GPS? Do I need to take this? And she was like, there's so many firefighters and people all over right now, like watching from more fires and making sure the ones that they do have are contained that you'll know before you're in any danger, whether or not you're not where you're supposed to be. That's so, cool. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> so you leave in three days. So you yep. leave on the, on the eighth. The ninth. So you leave in four days. Sure. I don't have a calendar. So. That is okay. So August 9th yep. is when you're leaving. When yep. when did you let's kind of dive into into it a little bit more here. Um when did you start planning for this trip? Did you did you know okay, Boundary Waters is the location and then you started going or did you start doing like kind of run, like yeah. run through that process? Yeah. So for this specific one, we knew we wanted to go to Boundary Waters. We've been wanting to go for a while. So location was kind of set for us. Then it was a matter of figuring out the dates that are going to work for all of us. So once we figured that out, um, we got our, you know, where we're going, got our dates for our group. Um, then we looked into when the permits became available. So in a lot of places, you don't need a permit. You can just go. Um, Boundary Waters isn't one of those. They book six months out. And if you are going during popular times, you might not get a permit or you might not get a good permit. So, yeah, we started planning uh, in January. So is it only six <coughs> months in advance? Or yes. like you couldn't get your per permit until August 9th was within six months? Or were you able to get your permit back in January? Get, yeah, Boundary Waters, it opens up in January. So some of them are like, like Michigan State Parks book out six months to the day. So every day new like reservations right. come available. This isn't like that. This is a date in January. I think it was like the 23rd or something. Permits become available. And okay. you have like... Like the really popular places are going to be booked out probably within, you know, a few days. But within like two months, like then you start getting really limited on what you can do. So were you able to get some of the popular ones? Yeah, like the had, ones we wanted. So um, did you have like a location set? You're like, hey, I want to go to this place in the Boundary Waters. Let's try to get no, that permit. The outfitter sent me a bunch of routes with highlights of kind of what you're getting out of each route. So kind of some of the things we looked for were – um, portages, like carrying our canoe. Are they long? Are they hard? You know, how many? Um, 
some of the other things were. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. That's not my fault. Legitimately, is the the portage um, difficult in in um, length? In length, yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> stuff like that. So we knew we wanted to do some fishing, and we knew we didn't want to see a lot of people. We didn't want to see motorboats, um, you know, because there's parts that have motors on them, parts that don't. And so we kind of took all that into account, let our outfitter know, and then they gave us some options, and then we picked the one we thought would, would fit that the best. And then, of course, that got canceled, and now we're on a route with really long and difficult portages, and our, the lake that we're starting out on has motorboats. And oh, like, gosh. Yeah, pretty much everything we plan for, and we're like, we want these things. Yeah, no, we're well, not getting I mean, them. I think that'll lead um, to a better experience overall. Yeah. Right? Um, I think when um, stuff goes sideways, it usually – makes the best story right yeah right we talked about it last week i think a little bit with type two fun like ty- exactly things going wrong is is fun and, yeah and i i know for a fact that you're gonna have some type two fun up there oh yeah so so you get your permits back in in january mm-hmm. um what's what's uh you know step two <laughs> yeah from there i pretty much put it aside until this last month because for me i have been on trips i have most of my gear the group has most of their gear. So I'm not as worried about, you know, kind of getting those things lined up. Um, if you, if this was your first trip, um, you know, I would go right into researching gear, that kind of stuff. But for us, it was like, got most of what we need. We'll tie up a few loose ends, you know, a couple weeks before good to go. So step two was kind of this week. Um, you know, we're planning out the gear. I have a tendency to, um, do Amazon shopping sprees before trips like this because, you know, like a thermosol. I was like, oh, bugs are going to be bad. What are we going to do? Maybe they won't be because of the fires, you, though. You never know. But I, I'm going to be prepared. And so I got a gizmo on there and, like, got to knew this, got to knew that. Like, just little stuff. But I was like, oh, this would be cool. So I'm still, like, I'm taking things out of my kit that I'm going to take. I'm putting things in. Kind of that process. I enjoy that process. Right. And oh, I, that's part I, of the fun. Oh, yeah. I enjoy dialing it in. So, so is your is your pack, um, your hiking pack, kind of already packed up a little bit? It. I have all my stuff laid out. I have the clothes packed. My sleeping bag is, you know, the, like everything's right there. We should take a picture of it. Oh, yeah. And throw it's, it up. It's right over there. It looks not organized. You're making it sound like it is. Very disarray, but it, it's all locked up in the noggin. Yeah. So um, I'm just waiting on my pack liner to get here. Cause that's going to go in first and then I'm going to shove all my stuff in there. So once that's here, it's all. What's the ETA? Tomorrow. That's, okay. Yeah. That's arrives good. tomorrow. Hope well. Fingers crossed. Should be. That's good. Um, yeah. So um, <clears throat> you're driving to Boundary Waters? Yeah. It's like 12 and a half hours drive. There's Whose car are you taking? Mine. Yep. So getting an oil change. Check your tire pressures. Get your oil changed. Yeah. Doing so all what, that. What planning went in, into that side of it? Um. So... Every year, it's the same question of who's going to drive, and none of us want to drive because, you know. Yeah, it takes a toll. Yeah, wear and tear on your car, yada, yada, yada. But it's usually whoever has the most accommodating vehicle. And so Seth. I have a Yukon. I just got the AC fixed. We were going to take my friend's avalanche, and he took it into the mechanic, and the mechanic was like, all of your fuel lines and brake lines are, like, rusted out to the verge of could give out at any second. 
He's like, I would get rid of this vehicle immediately. So he called me. He was like, uh, can we take your car? I was like, sweet, sweet, sick. So how many, yeah. how many miles does your car have on it? <clears throat> uh, 160,000. Not anymore. No, no. Another 1,700 is going to be added after this week. But that's okay. That's why That's why I, I mean, got the vehicle. road trips, I am a firm believer that everyone needs to take a road trip across the country at one point in their lives. Yeah. I've now taken like nine, <laughs> and um, I still stand by that statement. See, I are you making a pit stop anywhere? Or are you going? You hucking it? No, right we're there? just we're just going straight there. We're going up through the UP though. We're going a longer route through the UP rather than through Chicago. Well, yeah, that's an easy. Yeah, it's a no brainer. It like adds an hour to our trip, but we're like with Chicago traffic, who knows? So, yeah, but I see. I'm a firm believer in in road tripping across the country, but that's like if you fly into Denver, like if you're coming from Michigan. No, see, I I <coughs> made the the trip to Denver three times. It's okay. Oh. It's doable. Nebraska sucks. Iowa, Iowa sucks. Yeah. Okay. Every state other than Michigan and Colorado sucks. That's what I'm saying. But that's why destina- it's the destination. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying, though. If you fly into Denver and start your road trip there, that's, oh, that's well, 100 yeah. times better. Or if you fly into Seattle and end in Denver. Yeah, that would be lit, too. That's a pretty good one, have too. I, have I told you about my the first time I went across the country? Uh, no. To Denver? And I'm real sad that it's until now. Okay. So it was freshman year in college. We were going on a mission trip. We drove. There was like 12 of us. We had two, like 12 passenger vans, one with a trailer on it. So we were doing like four days in Denver doing like mission work and then three days in snow mass, snowboarding, skiing. I'd, I'd never snowboarded or skied before. Great time. Got out there. It was as smooth as you can imagine a trip going. Like everything was perfect we got there in record time had a great time serving super fun we got into snow mass that night they got like 18 inches of powder so my first time ever like skiing was amazing was like 18 inches of powder in colorado like beautiful couldn't even see below my knees anyway had a great time all that wraps up headed home we get in the vans and embark on the worst drive ever well, you thought it was going to be smooth, right? Well, that's how everything else was. So we're going through uh, Nebraska, and, like, we are – we're all tired. It's, like, driving through the night, and it's, it's like, early in the morning, like, 3, 4 a.m., and one the van with the trailer smokes a deer. Oh. Like, totals out the van, so we have to call a tow truck, wait for him to get there, then we all have to cram into one of the vans plus the tow truck and drive to the next town that's like 30 miles up. So we cram in. Things are tight. We are tired. Half of them, like the people were asleep, like just don't know what's going on. We hook the trailer onto the other van. We go into town. We have to wait for Enterprise to open up because it's like 5 a.m. at this point. Were you using Enterprise vans? Yeah. So we're like, well, no, I don't even remember, but we had to wait for whatever rental company was there to like open so we could get a new van so they open up it takes forever i'm pretty sure they had like one printer it was the first ever printer that was made and they needed to print a million documents for us to sign and it took (laughs) we're like it was so bad the flintstones could have printed something faster i could i could have handwritten it copied it down faster probably but anyway like two hours we're sitting at this dealership after they had opened we sat there like an hour before anyway we finally on the road like 10 a.m whatever we had long day we're all tired. This 24-hour trip is already 
way, way over what it's supposed to be. So we're on the road again. We're hauling through. And at this point, we're like, screw you, Nebraska, the worst state of all 50. I'm probably putting you below Ohio, which is pretty low. Below Kansas? Oh, yeah. Like, we are mad at Nebraska, all of us, the whole car. Like, we are are united on that front of, like, Nebraska is the worst state. We cross over into Iowa, and we are like, thank God we are out of that cornhole. Like, Iowa's not much better, but, like, at least it's a little shorter, and it's not Nebraska. We are not five miles into Iowa, and we're going down the highway. And I look behind us. I'm in, the, I'm in the passenger seat. I look behind us, and I see a trailer go across three lanes <laughs> of traffic. Almost hit two cars and slam into the cement barrier on the other side of the highway. Busy highway. There's cars everywhere. It's like, like noon. Cars everywhere. Yeah, no, that's our trailer. Totally disconnected. The, the police officer was actually the one who hooked it up in Nebraska, who, like, came to the to the accident, hooked it on, obviously didn't do a good job, came off the hitch, ripped the chains off of it, crashes into the side. So we get off at the exit. We call the police. We pull back around onto the highway, get behind it, and we pull up to our trailer, and we're like, what do we do? Like, we're all a bunch of college kids. Well, no adults back, with us. You hitched it back up. All, that's exactly what we did. We hitched it on. We drove it to the nearest tractor supply bought these huge chains, hooked them on there, like so overkill. Like just they could have they could have held up eighteen thousand elephants. It was just the biggest chains we could find. Hooked them on, strapped in, and kept on trucking. What was in the trailer? All of our stuff. Like all of our stuff. Because we're all in the vans, but we had like twelve people's ski gear, personal things for not like it was like a nine day trip. So like And it was okay. Oh yeah. I mean, it was a little jostled around, but right. no damage. Trailer was fine. Rode all the way back home, like no issues. You called the police, but then just didn't stay. Well, they were like on the well, like with the dispatcher, they were like, "Can you hook back onto the trailer?" We were like, "I mean, I guess." They're like, "Okay, we'll try that and try to get it off the highway." And we did. And then at that point, we're like, "We're good." Like called them back, and we're like, "Hey, all uh, set." <laughs> like, they're like, "What's the four one one on that trailer?" You're like, "It's a okay." Yeah, no, we're we're chilling. Yeah, so oh, that's funny, dude. Yeah, it actually, was. So I did hear that story, and as soon as you said <laughs> I looked in the passenger, I I knew immediately where it was going, and it's still funny. It's, I just I I can picture the image, of, <clears throat> of a trailer, just oh, yeah. barreling. Well, the other layer on top of that is because they were rental vans, you have to be twenty one to drive them, and so we had four twenty one year olds on the trip, so. You know, they could take turns. But one of them, like, around the time we hit the deer in Nebraska, deathly ill. Like, explosive diarrhea. Had to, on the side of the road, like, evacuate himself. He he tried, like, one of those, like, 13-hour, not five-hour energies. The 13-hour energies that you get at a gas station that you know, everyone knows you shouldn't eat it. That's, he, like, tried one of those to stay awake. So we were down to three drivers. And this whole trip took 36 hours. Wow. Yeah. So three drivers, 36 hours. I wasn't one of the drivers. Um, but, yeah, they they just had to just bear down and, and just do it. So, oh, man. Yeah. So that's why, you know, in my opinion, if you're going to go those. on a road trip across the country, skip skip Nebraska and Iowa. Just, well, just don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I completely agree. Um, my my last road trip to Denver slash back actually didn't start to Denver. It was to Big Sky, Montana. So on the way there, we bypassed both Iowa and Nebraska, my brother and I. Um, we left Denver. We weren't, I don't know, 40 minutes out of the city uh, and just got smacked by the the biggest snowstorm I've ever been in. <laughs> And we had to drive through the night. So it turned a 16-hour drive into a 20-hour drive um, because him and I were both white knuckle. Oh, yeah. Like Gotta 2, 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. No lines on the road. No one else on the road because yeah. who is driving? Why would anyone be out on the exactly. road? Who is conditions? driving? So there's no one to no one to follow in my car um, driving like 30 miles an hour. Ugh. And guess what state it was in? Nebraska. Oh, yeah. By that point in time, <clears throat> it was Nebraska. We had to stop at gas stations like every hour to kick the slush and snow off the front of my car because it was freezing over the uh, headlights and you couldn't see. Abolish Nebraska. Just get rid of it. Yeah, get rid There's of no it. There's no need. Yeah. Now it does Are there any a state parks of... in Nebraska or national parks? Sorry. I <laughs> doubt it. I mean, not that, like, I, is there not any, that I know is of. Is there anything even worth seeing? Omaha? I, I don't that's not a national park <laughs> well i know that but like nebraska am... national park hold on craig's uh texting me right now yeah um we do got no nothing we got a a national historical park okay homestead national historical park it's <clears throat> literally cabins that looks like they were from civil war era you're right uh we got scott's bluff national monument which it looks actually really pretty. Okay. It looks like one of those giant um, rock formations that you'd see in old Western movies okay, when yep. horses and carriages. Yep. Like, hey, we're going out west for the gold yeah. rush. Yep. Um, and then we have the Agate Fossil Beds National Monument. Hmm. Honestly, I feel like if you were really into, and I'm, and I'm not joking when I say this, if you were really into the history of corn and corn farming. Oh, yeah. Nebraska probably. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's the monument. That's not bad. yeah it's it looks uh yeah exactly like you described it like yeah like john wayne would would pull out his bedroll there and make a a pot of beans exactly yeah so for sure yeah i mean if you're that being said i I don't care how pretty it is i'm not interested i'm not uh, no i don't that is ohio nebraska and kansas i've never really driven through kansas so it ain't it ain't much (laughs) you can stand on one side of kansas and see all the way to the other side of kansas it is so seems like a lot bad yeah yeah just flat nothing yeah oh don't you love it my my girlfriend just texted me kelsey she said there's no way you're still there (laughs) yeah we are still recording the podcast we are here it is Um, 11 49 p.m so um i guess reverting back sorry for the past little tangent there how how long did you say you were in boundary waters six days six days six days yep um so since we're driving um you know there's a day on each end there um but there's really no good way to get to the boundary waters unless you're in a fly and it's expensive and whatnot but i was so i've been getting all my stuff ready this week you know, like we were talking about getting all this, ordering stuff I don't need, whatever. And my sleeping pad has a slow week in it. I talked about this last week. Yep. Um, 
it slowly deflates. So I submerged it in the bathtub because that's, you know, how to find the hole in it. Submerge it in, find the holes. I patch it with some T-tape, tenacious tape, and it slows the leak. But there's still a slight leak on it. So I'm like, okay, get it out today. I'm going to see if I can do it maybe a little bit better. And so I have it out, and I think I have it fixed. And I set it on my couch. And I'm just going to leave it there for a while because I don't want to get it wet again. It's a whole process. I'm like, I'm just going to leave it here. I'm going to check on it in a few hours. If it's still just as firm, I'm calling it good. Like, that's plenty fine. I go to open the door, and my cat, Tuna, decides he's just going to spaz out for a second. And he jumps up on the couch, straight onto the sleeping pad, and then just onto the ground. Doesn't even, like, get up there to, like, sit. No, he just jumped up there, like, parkoured off my sleeping mat. Yeah. Instantly deflated. Two new holes. Giant holes. Bigger than the ones I already had. If I would have left it as it was and just taken it on this trip, I would have been in better shape than I am right now. (laughs) So now I have four holes in my sleeping pad, two of which I have to. (sighs) Why don't you just go to and get a new one? Uh, You you can find them probably like sleeping pads like $180. (laughs) Not an option. I didn't pay that. Gear sale, always. Um, But it is... Tune in at some point. We'll talk about gear. It is the Cadillac of sleeping pads. It is the lightest. What one is it? It's the Thermarest Neo Air. It It is the best when your cat doesn't put holes in it. But I bought it used and it had a hole. But I thought, you know, it's easy to patch them. Well, then I got another hole. So I patched that one. And now it has two more holes. So it's getting to the point where it's getting a little out of hand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How are you? You said tenacious tape. Yeah. Have you talked? Have you, have you looked at like, like, inner tube? Fix it. Like how you fix it. <clears throat> well, I have a patch kit that came with it that I could use. It's just more work. Yeah, well, it kind of sounds like you. <laughs> but, <did>. Like what? <laughs> no, 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 no. <clears throat> no. No. You're not. Just do that. Okay, but that wouldn't fix the issue of my cat jumping on it no but it would have fixed the I whole had, i had those those holes fixed with tenacious tape yeah. i was testing it i yeah. was already right i was like i was like i'm good yeah I'm, but I'm now go. now you can just do that right and then have a correct patch over it and then maybe even put tenacious tape over it as well i mean by the by the time you're done it's not even going to be a neo air anymore it's gonna be <laughs> a lead brick no it'll be good I'm taking a foam pad as well for backup because I don't need to be ultralight because it's a canoe trip. So I'll have a backup foam pad. I also My wife's pad is like $30 on Amazon. No holes. She's had it for like two years. Never had an issue with it. I, me, have a $180 pad, and I'm... I, I spend half the ground, half the night on the ground because it deflated. Yeah, I got Kelsey so. one from Sierra <clears throat> Trading Post. It was like 12 bucks. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. No, I'm aware. I got a good deal on it. But, yeah. So, tomorrow. Um, I mean, do you still give it a good review? Yes. Hesitantly. The thing is, I don't feel like I can give it a fair review because <clears throat> my thoughts are negative, but that's I mean, not their fault. you've put it through its dues. I, I bought a used sleeping pad, and I put it in my house with an active cat. That's on me. Like, that's not on Thermarest. I'm glad you understand they, that. They can create a product and, you know, it can be a great product, but if I've just been misusing it. So, Out of yeah. 10. 
Seth's comfort, Ruby. comfort. I mean, it's like a, it's like a six comfort, but it's like a eight for lightness, and it's like a, well, it's like a three for price, six for comfort, and so eight, overall eight for. I'm going overall seven. It's okay. also really warm. Like it will keep you insulated. That's also one of the That's things nice. is that it. So like, it's still even with the holes. It's still going on the strip with you. Well, I got to patch the holes tomorrow, so we'll see how that goes. But assuming I can patch these holes up good. Using the patch kit. Or tenacious tape, um, then, yeah, it'll be going on this trip with me. So, okay. Yeah, for sure. All right, good. So um, <clears throat> we have we have your permits. We have the time. We mm-hmm. have the drive. What else? Went um, into planning your boundary water yeah, strip. Yeah, figuring out clothing for weather. And like what weather's typically like, a lot of times people think like, oh, it's summer, it's warm, you know, but, uh, reports have said it gets down to like fifties and sometimes even the forties up there at night. So that's like perfect though. Yeah. No, super comfortable. But if you come, you know, with just a flannel and a, you know, 40 degree sleeping bag, you're probably, you're gonna be cold. Right. So planning out your clothing, um, and there's, that's like kind of twofold, like making sure you have enough to be warm and adequate for what you need, but making sure you're not overpacking you know, with stuff because you still got to carry it. So kind of playing that balance game, honing it in, being prepared for the worst, but also not killing yourself. Um, so yeah, getting that. And then the last thing which I've planned but need to finish is the food. The food's kind of the last thing for me. And I'm very curious. <clears throat> what are you doing for that? Yeah. So we, we kind of went back and forth because I am used to backpacking, which is a lot lighter weight. You know, you kind of keep it minimal. You're doing like dehydrated things, yada, yada, yada. And so that's kind of what I was planning on. And then I talked to someone who had went a few years ago and they were like, take a cooler, have fresh meat. Like you're in a boat, you suffer through the portages, but like whatever, worth it. And I was like, okay, that sounds way better. We're going to take some steaks. We're going to take some fresh vegetables, you know, maybe eggs in the morning. Like we're going to do it up. Dude. Then I talked to the outfitter and I was like, asking her i was like here's what we're thinking she was like oh no don't do that and i was like wait what she was like have you seen your route you have a 1.4 mile portage like you have a lot of portages if you take a cooler you're going to be miserable it's not going to be worth it like no one gets back from this route it's like oh man i wish i didn't or i wish i had this cooler like don't take it so now i'm back to backpacking style so that means are you in charge of all the food yeah so I, I like for me, I make a like make my meals, do it all up, and then I make an ingredient list and where I combine it like, okay, breakfast, we're doing oatmeal, we need, you know, five people, five mornings, twenty five packets of oatmeal, twenty five granola bars, twenty five fruit strips. Like so that's I keep breakfast as simple, oatmeal, granola bar, fruit strip. Yeah, you don't eat breakfast. I don't eat breakfast, but usually other people do, so you kinda have to accommodate them. Then yeah, you're gonna need the energy anyway. <laughs> right. Then lunches, I try to go, I might do one big lunch that you're going to cook, um, but other than that, I keep it simple, like um, summer sausage, crackers and cheese, or, um, you know, stuff like that that's, don't have to cook, don't have to get your stove out, fairly simple, and you can eat it kind of on the go. Um, so that's what the lunches are. And then I'll do one kind of a little bit nicer lunch because I figure at least one day you'll have time where you can sit down and enjoy a nice lunch. And then do bit dinners, I do it big or bigger um we're having i think we're gonna try to do steaks 
the first night. You got to at least take steaks now. You yeah, talked about it's, it. I know. That's literally one of I my know. favorite things. It's it's going to be difficult because we can't create a fire to cook them I might them go on. cook steak after this. <sighs> it's not a bad idea. I have such <clears throat> a bad the cravings. Yeah. I cannot put yeah. off. Oh, yeah. It happens. Oh, I'm with you. It doesn't I could go matter. for some right now. It does not matter what's in my way. Yeah. Not, a, not, not mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. So steak, um, we're going to do like an Italian sausage dish. That's like rice, uh, tomatoes, spinach, Italian sausage, all that. Um, that's really good. And then we'll do like a bean burrito. That's like dehydrated beans. Because after you've been out there two or three days, you really can't, if we're not taking a cooler, you can't keep stuff or expect to keep stuff right. like fresh. So then we're doing pizza bagels. That is like exactly what you think it is. Pizza on a bagel. Um, that's really good. And pepperoni will last if you keep it sealed. Oh, yeah, like it's, it's, a sausage. It's, it's totally fine. That's yeah, a cured and, meat. And cheese is questionable, but you can make it work. And so we're going to do that. And then uh, bean burritos. You already said that. I know. But just like going through it in my head. Okay. Yeah. So that's kind of like what we'll do for so dinners. So does one person <clears throat> carry the food? Or do you, no, do you split we'll all split that food up. up in yeah. packs? Yeah. So typically the way I do it is everyone care like one meal. You split it up by meal rather than like, oh, we're, the other one we're doing is mac and cheese, bacon, mac and cheese, um, which will be lit. That is um, delicious. Normally, like I split it up like, okay, here's one breakfast, here's two breakfasts, whatever, and then you split it up amongst the group. This time we're going to do like all the breakfasts together and then dinners will all be separate and then everyone will just kind of carry a okay. fair a fair share. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, that works. <clears throat> For sure. And I'm jealous yeah. of just cooking, the food, right? Cooking in the backcountry is, is interesting, and it's really fun, but it's also really difficult and, like, the most dangerous thing we'll do out there, which just, like, sounds ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, how are you cooking? Are you campfire? Are no. You, no, you're not a lot of total camp- fire ban, yeah. Yeah. We have – I have a MSR pocket rocket, it's called. It's a little stove. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm, gonna, I'm taking two stoves. Um, one's kind of a backup, but they're really light, and then – um, a like skillet and then a pan, like a deeper, like you'd make mac and cheese in. Right. Um, about that size. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So I do my meals in garbage bags. Sounds weird, but it's the easiest way. And then you can wrap all your trash up in it and tie it up and it keeps it fairly scent free. So you're not smelling your garbage. So that's how I do my food. That's the other reason I don't do like a bear canister because I right. put everything in trash bags. Right. Yep. Um, so would you say that this trip has been one of the most planned out trips that you've done? Yeah. Outside of when I guided, cause those trips were a lot of the planning was done. Like I wasn't doing the planning for every trip, but the amount of planning that went into a trip with the food. Well, yeah, you're responsible for strangers. Right. Exactly. Way more planning. But in terms of like personal trips. Yeah. Yeah. This has been by far the one I've planned the most. It, it sucks. You can't have a campfire. I know. I know. That's like, the the outfitter said people have canceled their permits just because of that. They're like, oh, oh, can't have a fire. I'm I'm not coming this year then. Like it's like boundary waters are kind of interesting because it's very like people do things a certain way there and are like like it's like tradition. Like tradition. Yeah, like a very tradition based like. And so people, they take like cast iron pans and cots on these trips and they like it's like bushcraft out there. Interesting. Like it's not ultralight. It's not like. Is it is it like a an annual thing too? Like people go annually. I think people just 
maybe yeah i mean i I think people do their like once a year boundary water strips but i think there's a lot of people who live in the state and stuff who like that is their they do like long weekends like that's their like what they what is your total um distance traveled gonna be 38 miles and i think four of them are portaging yikes yeah so but it's over six days so so how many people five of us so someone's gonna have three people yep Someone's gonna. Have they will be at the advantage for sure. Whoever has. You three. gotta split that up. Yeah, we will. Do a little rotation we thing. We will for sure. Pull straws. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think uh, we'll kind of tie things up here. Yeah. Uh, just a little bit about sure. about planning. I mean, um, for a trip like that, I think the amount of planning is necessary. But I also yeah. don't think that every trip needs to have that that much planning. Correct. However. I feel like the more and more that uh, things are progressing, permits are being mm-hmm. heavily, oh, yeah. heavily used, and, and you kind of almost need to have planning now. At least, right. at least when it comes down to it, you can't just take a spontaneous trip to, yeah, you know, some place and hope to and places hope to make are, it work. are so overcrowded that they've been forced to to put in permits, yeah, like strict permits, and that makes it hard. But also, like I believe, if I packed my car tonight like say i have done none of this planning and i just packed my car tonight to go to the boundary waters you could make it work like you you could do it and so you don't need to put this amount of planning in but i think partly i want this trip to be smooth and two i'm really excited so like the more excited i am the more planning i'm gonna do because it's more time spent thinking about this trip and that's what i am really enjoying so yeah no i think that is i think that's gonna be really fun um, but I think when, you know, you take an overnight or a three night backpacking trip or a trip out into the woods and you're just spontaneous about it, as long as you have a general knowledge, I think mm-hmm. you can make it work too. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's 50, 50 on what you're doing. Yeah. I, uh, I looked up, I was looking up videos and stuff, all sorts of YouTube things and whatnot. And there was a lady who was like going through her gear for boundary waters. And I was like, why would you take that? Why would you take that? Like, what are you doing? Like, you should take this instead of that. I was very critical and judgmental. And then I was like, and then at the end of it, she was like, my first trip, I wore like a school backpack and jeans and this and this. And because, and like, that's what got me out there. And like every year I get a little bit better, but I'm a bigger believer in like, take what you have and enjoy it rather than like, oh, I'm not going to go because I don't have like the best gear and stuff. And I was like, wow, my mindset was so far off. Like here I am like judging her because her gear isn't like as good as it could be. And right. her whole point was like, whatever you have, go out and do it. Like you can make it work. And I was like, dang, slap in the face of, of yeah, wow, some you're truth such an and ass, insight dude. there. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, but I think like the thing is too, like you accumulate gear over time. Right. And, you know. Right. But you also don't even accumulate gear. You'll accumulate knowledge. Right. Like how to use it. Like for to, me. Yeah. It was really funny watching um, Kelsey on our last trip and what she packed um, compared to what I packed um, and it, and just, like, the fluidity about that. Yeah. Like, she wanted to do laundry, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> we don't do laundry. No, no. No time. No time. No time. Like, you got to pack for these things, but, like, she'll get better over time. Right. And so, like, um, the fluidity of planning also gets right. better over time because you know and yeah and, and you have been on this trip with um these individuals what 
how many times now? Uh, like four, four or five times. Yeah, we so do you got trip. it down Well, to more it. than that, but we do the big trip every year. Yeah. Right, you got that down to a science now. <clears throat> right. So. And even like even planning for this trip, I asked Maddie, you know, my wife, I was like, hey, this is what I'm packing. What are your thoughts? And like it's kind of ironic because like I'm the I'm the expert, the outdoor expert, and she's like, I don't know. I always ask you what I should bring, and I'm like – I know, but it's just helpful sometimes. It's, to it's like, almost like a check and balance. Yeah, she might make you remember something, right. or what about this, or what if you took these, you know, this or that, and and so even like it doesn't matter how, like how dialed in you are. Like I'm, I'm still like, what are your thoughts on this? I'm still always kind of right. changing and, and growing in that. Well, so. That's why she's your partner in crime. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um. So you'll be gone. Um. When yep. this podcast comes out, I'll be right? back. Or you'll be back. I'll be back by the time this no, comes no, out. No, no, yeah, you're gone. You're I'll gone, gone on the for, first one. For the first week, yeah. So Okay, that's right. We're on a bit of a delay. We're on a two week delay here, kind of getting prepared we have to be. for me going away. Yeah, we so, have to be. Yeah. So when we uh when you're listening to this, I am already back. Well, assuming I make it back. Um, fingers crossed. Right. And so I'll be I'll be sharing kind of my experiences in, in a full review of the Boundary Waters. Yeah. I mean, you're, so. you said you're, t- you're going to take lots of pictures, yep. kind of document some of it. Absolutely. Good, good. We'll need that. I guess um, pay attention to the Instagram. Yeah. Um, yeah both Michigan's. Yep, with a Z. Uh, Instagram and um, and the Around the, oh. the Campfire pod on Instagram. We actually have a Minnesota loca- local um, who just joined us, right yeah, a mosquito. Just flew into the 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 mosquito. Just flew into the mosquito. Mosquito just flew into the studio here and uh, just giving a little hello from Minnesota, eh? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, what kind of closing statements do you have, man? Yeah. Uh, thanks for joining us uh, this week. I uh, hope you enjoyed listening to uh, to us. And uh, yeah, I would say follow the Instagram for some some updates as well as if you uh, are listening to this and you think. Oh, I have a story that, you know, would go along with that or, oh, I've, you know, been in the same situation. Uh, go ahead and send us a, a DM on Instagram <clears throat> or you can email us at the campfire podcast or sorry, the around the campfire podcast at gmail.com. Um, go ahead and shoot us an email or, or shoot us a DM. And uh, if we like your story, you know, we'll share it. On, yeah. la- on on the next podcast or whatever but put a little um, Seth and Dev flair onto it as we kind of talked about last week like we want this to be us getting to interact with you guys and us getting to share experiences and not just us listening to ourselves talk although that is 90% of it that um, is why I show up every time. <laughs> we also want to hear what your guys' thoughts are and, and stuff so um, yeah feel free to send us you know whatever your thoughts are yeah I mean we really want um one to share our story, but uh, we know a lot of you have probably had something happen mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Uh, has some really good insight. So please share it. Yeah. Please share it. Um, just like last week, um, if you listen to the podcast and if you made it here, uh, please text us the word Tyrannosaurus Rex. I can't spell that. It's okay. Neither can I. T-Y something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and... And just so you're not getting smart on us and skipping to the end of the podcast to figure out the word, we're going to be implanting it uh, in different parts of the podcast in For the sure. next couple of weeks. For sure. And, and Seth, I think you mentioned um, that you have a really a really funny story, I think, with prairie dogs. Yeah. And like falling in an underground tunnel, like a whole cavern. Yeah. Um, so 
if the story, if you don't bring back a story from Boundary Waters uh, that tops that one, okay, I think you you really need to share that. I'm just gonna go ahead and plan on sharing the Prairie Dog story because it is one of a kind. It is. I, so, uh, I, yeah, tune in next week for Prairie Dog story. Yes. Um, it'll be at the end of the episode, and I'll be sure to to go in great great detail because yeah, catacombs. And it is a knee slapper. Okay. One might say. I mean, so. I. You, we can share a little bit when the mics are off. Just yeah, give yeah, me yeah. A taste, I'll give you a sneak um, peek. And then, sure. uh, and then we'll, we'll sure. kind of tune in oh, and figure so it out good. next week. It's so good. Oh god. All right. Well, um, we'll. Uh, I guess we'll 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 talk to you all next week. I think yeah. we're gonna put the fire out. Um, yep. Kind of clean up here and uh, remember, if it's too hot to touch, it's too too hot to leave. That's your fire safety tip of the week. So straight out of the mouth of Seth, ladies and gentlemen, not only tips and briefing on planning but tips on fire safety a real life smokey the bear smokey the bear all right see you Um, guys see ya